everyone and welcome to season three episode five of the big at the back podcast i'm tom i'm joined by matt matt how are you not too bad all things considered yeah the first weekend is almost over and done with and um, we are sat here on monday evening just before man united and wolves do battle which i don't think it's gonna be much of a battle looking at the wolves team but Stranger things have happened, but yeah, it's good to be back in the swing of things, I think. I'm not 100% sure, though. Um, we had a lovely time yesterday afternoon at the pub together, um, which was great fun. The problem with that lovely afternoon at the pub is we decided to call it early. I got home and was like, I'm really, really drunk. <laughs> got home about half four and was like, I'm very, very drunk, and this is a problem. I have no one to drink with. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm going to watch Liverpool Chelsea drunk. And, uh, yeah, I was just trying to sober up for the entire afternoon. Moderately successful, but only moderately. How are you feeling? Yeah, that was. It's, that's the problem with starting drinking at lunchtime. You like It's so hard to just stop. You feel like you've mm. just got to carry on through until... You, you, your head hits the pillow and then you feel like shit when you have to work on a Monday morning. So um, it worked out for the best. I think just about, I did have a big old dominoes, which helped sober me up. I think. Yeah. I thought when you said the only problem was, I thought you were going to say the only problem was our wives were there as well. That was a shame, but you know, we, we can deal with that. We live with that. You can't, time. you can't win them all. Can you? Exactly. You've got to take the wins as they come. So, this is an FPL podcast. Why don't we dive into how we did game week one? Talk me through your score and how you're feeling about it with just the one game left to go. I think the headline is could have been better, could have been worse. So currently sat on 61 points, which is just a smidgen above average. Poor, poor, poor Pickford in goal. Um Picking up two points. Oh, how can Zero saves. Yeah, that's a bad Fulham side. Like when you look at the other goalkeeper in that game, Burnt Leno picked up like 12 points. Um, and luckily so, because Everton should have had a goal. Anyway, um, defence of White with one point, Arsenal disappointing there. Estupignon with seven, Saliba with five, and Shaw still to play tonight. Uh, Rashford also still to play in my midfield. Uh, alongside Saka with 10, Richardson with two, and fucking Kevin De Bruyne getting injured. Typical. Hopefully that's not a sign of things to come for the rest of the season. And then Pedro and Haaland up front. Obviously Haaland with the armband. Uh, only slight disappointment for me was having Luis Diaz as my first sub. So that is a disappointment. But it could have been worse. I know you've had a slightly better week. Yeah, I question your judgment having a Liverpool attacker on your bench. Liverpool My theory attacker. is, like, right, Liverpool against Chelsea side, you don't know what they're going to be like under the new manager. And I challenge you to pick a player that was in my starting eleven to start him over. Kevin De Bruyne. In hindsight, yes. Legitimately, though, Ben White, Saliba, I'd have started him over both. I'd have At home to Forest, though? Yeah, I just started him over Jao Pedro. Um, I mean, that, didn't, that wouldn't have made any difference. That's one point. Still, 
I'd have probably started a moment. Jao Pedro was playing in a Brighton side that are free-flowing and attacking against a newly promoted Luton side who defended like 13-year-olds. Well, either way, I would have been starting Lewis Diaz. But yeah, I had a slightly better week. So still got Rashford to play, but I'm finishing on 80. Um, Chilwell probably unlucky to only get seven points. And Salah only being on five was ridiculous. More on that game in a bit. Um, but other than that, everyone returning on my side. So you've got Johnston in goal, Estupinian, Saliba and Chilwell in defence. Across the middle, you've got Salah, Matoma, Saka, Rashford, who's playing tonight, and Richarlison with two, being the only exception. Then you've got João Pedro and Haaland's captain up front. Um, Richarlison, we can go into a little bit more detail. Um, but yeah, still Rashford to go. So sitting on 80 points, if Rashford gets a goal and Bruno doesn't, then and there's no clean sheet for United, then I'll be feeling feel, thrilling pretty good, feeling pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I am very much hoping for United clean sheet. That Liverpool, that, that Liverpool side, sorry, that Wolves side looks piss poor. Like, if United can't keep a clean sheet, then, I don't know, just feel like this has got to be like the start of their title challenge season if it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, like, you look at their front three, Cunha, Sarabia, Neto, it, no one on that on that 11 just feels like they're going to cause any nuisance for United, but I'll probably be proven wrong. Never know. And as much as United fans are super happy with Onana, and I think he will be a great signing for them. He's got mistakes in him. He's got stupid mistakes in him. And I think that will be exploited in the Premier League as he gets used to it. Yeah, I think you're probably right, but they've got to get to him in the first place. And that's what this Wolves side might struggle to do, but we'll see. <laughs> we will indeed. Um, shall we talk about some of the games then? I really want to, let's just rip the band-aid off and go Chelsea beat Liverpool. Um, now, a really unbelievably frustrating match to watch as a Liverpool fan. Everything from how brilliant we were in the first 35 minutes and last 10 minutes to Klopp deciding to take Salah off when it's one all and 15 minutes to go to just some, yeah, really, really sloppy play overall. There, there was so much of that game I was very frustrated with. Being an FPL owner, seeing Chilwell's goal ruled out marginally for offside, Salah's goal ruled out marginally for offside, that would have been a massive points haul because I've got both... Um, a clear and obvious penalty not given to Liverpool that would have gone to Salah who'd have scored it. It was just... Whoa, that's not... Did you well, see his penalty record last season? <laughs> Mary, he missed two out of seven, I think. So maybe. Um, but yeah, you got you got the idea. Like It felt like an FPL points touching game. And as a Liverpool fan, it was really frustrating to watch. Did make me think, though, that Chilwell is an absolute essential right now. Yeah, we we both said this yesterday during that game. The way he was getting forward, he looked a real threat. Um, and of course, with Reese James coming off injured, just oh, an illness. Just an illness. Well, we'll see. Um, it's just fucking typical for James to not last ninety minutes in the first game of the season when he's just been made captain, isn't it? But yeah, Chilwell looked very, very dangerous and threatening going forward. 
And I think in general, Chelsea looked a lot better. Their, their system was a lot different to what we're used to seeing last season. Pochettino's obviously come in and put his own spin on things. So, uh, yeah, Chilwell definitely one to keep an eye on. And I would say uh, potentially an early transfer in if you can and uh, are willing. But, yeah, overall, um, I, I want to get your take on something here, which is Salah being subbed off. What did you make of that? It wound me up to no end. <laughs> wound Salah up to. <laughs> was, oh, don't get me wrong. That makes me happy. An angry Salah going into Bournemouth with a chip on his shoulder. Yes, please. Um, so Salah has got my armband, spoiler. But I thought it was an absolutely senseless move by Klopp. Absolutely senseless. And the only reason I can think is that maybe Salah isn't fully up and running with fitness and Klopp's trying to manage him carefully. I mean, he's, what, 30, almost 32 years old now. So I guess you've got to be very careful with him. But I'm, yeah, it, it, when you're chasing a game 1-1, you don't take your best player off. Yeah, it was a strange one, wasn't it? I Do you think, and I was debating this with myself earlier, if Liverpool don't seriously challenge for the title this year, is it time to move on from Klopp? No, because he's performing miracles with significant underinvestment. If you look at the net spend over the past, well, entirety of Klopp's era, we've been about 18th in the Premier League for spends over that period, over Klopp's time as in charge of Liverpool. Yet he's taken us from mid-table to winning the title into the top four, consistently challenging for every competition. And I can't, if you're looking at getting rid of Klopp, where's the contingency? I don't think there's a better manager to take Liverpool on at the moment. I don't think there's anyone that can capably do it to the level he does. So for me, no. Um, if you show me a better manager, then maybe, but I don't think it's Klopp's time yet. He does need backing, though, which he hasn't been at all in the transfer market over the past four years. Well, it's... Uh, I mean, the... Obviously, when we last spoke on Friday, it looked like I said I was going to Liverpool. And but then... Is that Liverpool have bid £170 million for two players and both of them have turned Liverpool down. No. It used to be players would go to Liverpool because Klopp, and don't get me wrong, no footballer who actually cares about football is ever going to choose Chelsea over Liverpool. Um, but it's absolutely nonsensical that we've missed out on these two players. And our new sporting director is genuinely appalling. He's come in, he's triggered one release clause, and that's literally it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I, I don't know if there's much anyone could do with Chelsea splashing this much money about and throwing out eight-year contracts. I don't think Nine. there's... Like it's just outrageous. No one can no one can really challenge that. Nine year contracts for Casado. Well, yeah, true. Eight with a, an option for a ninth. Yeah. Which is absolutely nonsense. And I think footballers are stupid to take these contracts because with inflation in football, you want to be getting more wages in two, three years' time. I think they're inflation adjusted. Potentially. Who fucking knows? But yeah. Anyway, FPL. Yeah, FPL wise, um, going into next week, Liverpool have got Bournemouth. At home, Salah's angry. It's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> um, I'm going to be captaining Salah. I get Haaland's at home, but Newcastle look good. So I think you're going to have to, if you want to do really well in FPL, there's going to be weeks where you do move away from Haaland captaincy. 
I think this is going to be the week and I'm going to put the armband straight on Salah. I don't blame, I don't hate that at all. I was seriously considering um, Luis Diaz as a captain this week. Mm. Um, it does also depend on what I do transfer-wise, obviously with Kevin De Bruyne being injured. Um, I am going to be keeping an eye on Bruno Fernandes tonight and see how he does because that could be an easy swap and save a bit of money as well. So... Um, not that I would probably captain uh, Bruno next week away at Spurs, but strange things have happened. But yeah, it's probably a, a Haaland and Diaz fight for me, but Haaland probably just just nudges it, I think, despite the not having the better fixture. Something else to consider as well. If you look at the next seven fixtures, Chelsea have got West Ham, Luton, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Fulham, Burnley. That's the best fixture run out of any size in the Premier League. I was looking at Nicholas Jackson and honestly, really, everyone's talking about how great he was. But honestly, I was very unimpressed. The guy has no composure whatsoever in front of goal. That being said, if he's got low, he's going to get loads of chances against these sides. And if he starts, then he's an easy transfer in at this point. And if you're getting him now, you're ahead of the curve. Yeah, and it's, again, as we've spoken about, with the lack of forward options, if he can be a good option, then it's definitely worth getting in there early. The only problem is people might struggle to have the funds to go. You'd probably have to wait until you've got two transfers because odds are you've got Haaland... Okay, you might have a Watkins that you could go to Jackson or someone like that, or I was going to say potentially like an Isaac, but you're not going to be moving away from Isaac at the moment, are you? So, um, yeah, unless you've got that sort of way, that you're going to have to do a double transfer to be able to get him in, and you're probably not going to be only taking hit like point hits in the first couple of weeks. But that being said, if you can bank a transfer this week, hold it to next week when they have Luton at home and then Forest at home. That seems like a no-brainer to me because that is definitely when I'll be looking at getting Ben Chill on him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm thinking of doing a minus four at that point just to move Jackson in and potentially another Chelsea to have three. Um, Use your wild card. That is a no, no go. For me. <laughs> yeah, I thought of all the Chelsea players, Chilwell's the one you want, and Jackson is probably second right now. I did tweet out Raheem Sterling, 7.0, starting for Chelsea as a midfielder. And then I watched the game and I was like, no, never mind. He's still Raheem Sterling. I did read a bit of an article today that sort of showed, spoke about his role and how him he was creating space for others, um, which sort of caused Liverpool problems down their left quite often in the game. So... He has a key role in this Pochettino system, but it doesn't translate to a good FPL asset. Well, talking of translating to a good FPL asset, someone that we both brought in and both owned that blanks this week. How are you feeling about Richarlison? Uh, honestly, I think we obviously saw him start up front, which was what we expected with the Kane transfer news. I think... It was, a, it was a hard game to sort of judge him on, really. Obviously, they're getting used to this new style of play under Kapostokoglu. Brentford did a lot better than anyone, well, especially either of us, thought they were going to do, given their pre-season form and the way things are going. Probably goes that you shouldn't look too much into pre-season, I guess. But that being said, he wasn't. He didn't have his best game by any means. He sort of, it really, he, his hold-up play, I thought, was quite good at times. 
Um, but they they just didn't re- he didn't really get any service in front of goal. He didn't really have any grand like great opportunities. Uh, I don't even know if he had a shot on target. I don't recall one. Um, but that being said, if he's going to be playing up front in this system, and if they find their feet, then I think he is definitely one that's still worth keeping because he is an out of position midfielder. I think it's worth noting that Madison played really well in this game, took the number 10 shirt from Harry Kane. If you've got him over Richarlison, you're feeling pretty good. However, I still quite like Richarlison. He didn't really have an end of pre-season because we've got a bit of a knock. So he probably wasn't actually expecting to play the full 90 against Brentford, but he did because Kane went. So if you give him and Madison another week or two in training... Yeah, Madison's still going to be picking up loads and loads of assists, but you'd expect Richarlison's going to be the one scoring loads of goals. And looking at that Spurs side, realistically, it's going to be all service into Richarlison, especially when they play poor teams. When they play, say, Aston Villa, for example, who we'll speak about in a minute, with a really high line, Richarlison can go and exploit the hell out of that with Madison providing him. He'll also likely be on penalties, which is something to consider when looking at these players. So I, I'm i not happy that I got Richarlison over Madden, but uh, Madison, but I'm not unhappy enough that I'm going to swap them over. No, I think it's one of those that over the course of a season, um, they, they it could be quite tight between them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that one is definitely going to outscore the other one, but I, I if I were a betting man, if... Big if, because I'm, I'm definitely not a betting man. Um, I would just about hedge towards Richarlison. Yeah, I think I'm the same. And I think it's only been one one game so far. And they've got one fixtures that they've got coming up. So they've got Manuel home this week. But then they've got Bournemouth, Burnley and Sheffield United. So if Richarlison doesn't do anything in those, we'll definitely be moving him on. But... Yeah, that is without doubt. But with those three fixtures, you're not touching him at the moment. Um, I know a bit of a spoiler as well. We've also swapped out Tyrone Mings for Emerson Royale. I thought he played really, really well for Spurs and he's going to be a staple in that back line. So, yeah, obviously he picked up the goal and that's, yeah, a little bit of a spoiler for our joint team for this coming week, which actually had a good week. The joint team was currently on 71 points, I believe. Um, so I outscored myself, but uh, that's no surprise, is it? Uh, I want to talk to you about... Um, Brighton. Oh, yes. So a good opening win 4 1 at home to Luton. Uh, mm-hmm. Only clean sheet was only killed by a penalty, which was uh, pretty should, harsh. Yeah, shouldn't have been given. So, uh, I think overall, they're pretty impressive. Matoma with returns, March with a return. Um, Estupinian obviously getting an assist as well. Ferguson coming off the bench to score. Jal Pedro winning the penalty and then converting it, and he missed a fucking sitter as well. That's all, fine. All things all looking stuff. rosy at Brighton? Yeah, I think everything's looking great at Brighton. They're still a really top-class team. James Milner is the most creative player in European history. So I'm not <laughs> worried about them at all. Um, Milner played really well for them. Um, but I think they looked really, really strong. Jao Pedro is not going to be losing his place in the side. If anything, Welbeck could lose the place to Ferguson, but Jao Pedro is going to be at least playing as a number 10. He's on penalties. He's getting chances like that one he missed. There are a few more that Welbeck should have passed to him as well. He's a, a 
before the season for me, he was a must-have, and watching that game has convinced me he needs to be there. My only slight regret is that I moved uh, Diaby out for Matoma. Now, Matoma looks really good, but I think Diaby is playing further forward. Matoma is playing as more of that left-mid, left-wing role versus that kind of left-forward role. So that's something to keep an eye on. He's still got an assist, so I can't complain, but I... I'm not completely set on Matoma, and after the next two games, I'll certainly be looking to move him on. That's yeah. Well, I, you never know. You never know how he's going to perform in these couple of games. He could like score. He could easily score a hat trick against West Ham. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think they they just looked. And then like you got this Adingra that's come out uh, and mm. scoring. Uh, I think they signed him in January, so he'll probably be off to some club next January for about £80 million pounds <laughs> because that's the Brighton way. Um, but, yeah. 200 million probably to Chelsea again. Yeah. Still, I, know, so. I did see um, Paddy Power tweeted when Ferguson scores. I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but I can't see any way that Evan Ferguson doesn't score the World Cup winning goal in 2026. <laughs> But they're not getting ahead of themselves, which is good. Good on them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they're in Cisco on the bench as well, unused. Yeah, Brighton are fine, and they're going to have a lot of fun in the next game against Wolves. So I think if you've got Brighton, which I do on Trumpled Up, you definitely hold. What were your thoughts on Manchester City, Burnley? Because... It was a 3-0 rollover. I thought Man City outmuscled Burnley. Burnley were just quite diminutive. And that's worrying because if they can't out-football people in the Premier League with their style, they'll go straight back down. I, I expected more from them, I guess. Well, the Burnley of com- under company are very different to the last sort of Burnley that we saw in the Premier League. They do try and play um, more of the City style of football. Uh, but obviously, if you're going to play, try and play that in the Premier League, you're going to find it very difficult if you haven't got the players to, to really play it. Uh, and obviously up against a team like Man City, you're going to struggle. But, I mean, obviously it took Haaland all of 185 seconds to open his account for the season, which surprised nobody. Um, it was interesting to see Alvarez playing in the 10, even with De Bruyne playing as well. Um, and with De Bruyne's injury, you imagine Alvarez is definitely pretty much going to have that place locked down now, um, at least until De Bruyne's back. We don't really know the extent of his injury and how long he's going to be out for. Um, Rico Lewis playing, he's back. Um, how long will that last? Yes. Uh, obviously, no Guardiola, no Stones. Um, so there was like some very disappointed people with that. Um, but they do have the... Um, European Super Cup final on Wednesday night. So that could potentially throw a spanner in the works of how they're going to line up with potential rotation. Pep Roulette early doors this season. Yeah, all the people that had John Stones, you can feel probably a little unfortunate. And the ones that brought Guardiola in as well, um, just a one-pointer off the bench. Off topic, I just checked. Liverpool have a run uh, in October where they've got Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away, Wolves at home, all in a row. Oh, that's fucking sexual, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if you're not troubling up for that, I don't think you are ever troubling up on Liverpool. Um, no. Let's move on to Newcastle Villa, because this was a game that we all thought, oh, this could be tight. These are the two clubs with 
probably the most expectation to break up that big six in Brighton now, or Newcastle went and proved a point. Now, don't get me wrong, they were brilliant and they smelt blood and they exploited it much like they did against Tottenham last season. I think the reason they smelt blood is because Tyrone Mings went off. Mings, Mings stays on the pitch. That's a very different game. Pau Torres was not ready for it. Yeah, they definitely struck. That was, that was definitely the turning point in the game. Mm. Um, I mean, what a frantic start to the game, like the first 15, 20 minutes, three goals. It was brilliant. And it's worth saying Sandro Tonali came in and looked oh, fantastic. Um He's not necessarily going to be the greatest FPL asset just because he is sort of more of a, well, I guess, box-to-box. But, I mean, that late running for his goal, if he carries on doing that, that was like Lampard-esque timing of that run into the box to get onto the end of the cross. So if he carries on doing things like that, he is um, very much one to consider. Obviously, Isaac getting the start over Wilson, getting two goals, that is sort of the headline from an FPL perspective. If he is locking down that starting position up front, because a lot of people were hesitant to go for Isaac or Wilson just based on the potential uh, taking minutes off each other. But if he's going to be the starter, then he's definitely one that I will want to be getting in at some point. Yeah, I totally agree. And that point will be game week six for me, um, just because maybe five. But the next four games are Man City away. Okay, Man City. Liverpool at home. Actually, you'd probably fancy Newcastle to score quite a few against Liverpool, the way we defended. And <laughs> I will see away. Uh, and then oh no then it's Brighton away sorry arguably worse and then you've got Brentford at home and then the fixtures turn and you've got five strong ones in a row so for that Sheffield United away match is when I'm going to be bringing in two or three Newcastle um, shall we rip the band-aid off with you and Pickford and I feel like I'm just going to let you talk well well I I still don't think Pickford is necessarily a bad shout at 4.5 when I've got a 4.5 and a 4. So Ariola is uh, my other goalkeeper because I feel like they were slightly... Um, like they, they had one real lapse moment of defending that they got punished on um, and just no one followed Bobby decoyed over Reed uh, on his run into the box. But like Fulham really didn't create that much in the game. Um, and in general, you think a Dyche team is probably going to be a little bit tighter, especially when he's had the whole of preseason to prepare them. And even so, like Pickford is often a save merchant. Like, if they're leaky, he will make saves and you'll get save points. So there's, I think like they're a good rotation option with Pickford and Areola. I, yeah, it didn't pay off in week one, but it's a punt, isn't it? Things don't always pay off in week one. And I'll probably be proven wrong. And then when my wild card comes around, I'll be dumping him like at the first possible opportunity. But I'm holding out hope. I'm an optimist. Optimist indeed. Um, Everton's next match is a tough one. It's Aston Villa away who are going to want to turn it around. Um, a word on Fulham, they needed that win. The next three are Brentford at home, Arsenal away, Man City away. So they really needed to get off the mark with three points. So... I think now they have, they're going to be in a good place. But if they'd have lost to Everton, then they hasn't got the win against Brentford. You're losing the next two and suddenly you're bottom of the table four games in. That's when the pressure can start mounting. So I think they really did need that three points. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was interesting to see, obviously, Mitrich did play some part in the game, but then didn't last very long when he did come on. 
Mm. Um, so maybe he is hanging around for the season. Uh, obviously, him and Jimenez, though, could be uh, another example of two strikers that will be rotated around and taking minutes off each other. And I don't see myself having either of them at any point. I completely agree. Last team to really, really dig into them is your beloved West Ham because Jared Bowen's goal was absolute. well, second last, after Arsenal. Um, but we'll do West Ham first. So Jared Bowen, Jared Bowen go, or Jared Bowen's goal was sincere. You're right there, mate. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. <laughs> Focus, Tom. This is recording. Right. Jared Bowen's goal, sensational. Um, really good. But imagine conceding a goal to Solanke. I mean, Liverpool are going to do it this weekend, but for West Ham to do it, that's shocking. It was so... It's just one of those... It was such an annoying goal because it was a scuffed shot that got deflected off Suchek and just fell at Solanke's feet. Mm. Um, and that was the most frustrating thing about it for me. Um, like, Don't get me wrong, Bournemouth had an all right game. I think it was pro- a draw was probably about a fair result. Um, both teams hit the woodwork. I think both teams might have hit the woodwork twice. West Ham certainly did. Suchek and Paqueta both hit the post. Um, and they certainly hit the crossbar. I don't know if they hit... I feel like they did hit it twice. But, yeah, like Bowen's goal was was a thing of beauty. There's potential that he could end up uh, in more of a central striker role, dependent on other performances. Antonio had a poor game. Uh, and, obviously, there's still a very good chance that Paqueta will be off to Man City. So, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the West Ham lineup going into the next few weeks. Obviously, James Ward-Prowse was confirmed to sign in today. Uh, Alvarez was announced last week. Uh, Mohamed Kudus from Ajax could be coming in as well, which I would be very happy with. Um, he's been linked with Arsenal at points. So if we can get that over the line, I'll be very happy. been linked with Man City recently. Yeah, um, so that would be a great signing if, if we can complete that one. And uh, a lot of people are kicking off on Twitter today. Uh, in West Ham circles because one Jesse Lingard was training with West Ham to regain his fitness and the rumour is a short-term contract is not impossible. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> I, I, there's a, like I say, people are very angry about it. I, I, if, if we can get it, if we get him, like, obviously there's no transfer fee. If, we, if he's going to take a hefty wage cut, I'm not against it because it's another man in a squad that's dealing with European football this season. So... Like, it's what's the worst that can really happen? He does fuck all and rots on the bench. Yeah, nothing to really lose there, have you? Um, last scene to chat about then, Arsenal. Coming away with a bit of a lucky win against Nottingham Forest, 2-1. They dominated for the entire game, but Forest had the chances. So I think Arsenal fans, consider yourself lucky to take the win and run after that match. But what were your takeaways from it? Obviously, they've got a few new players. They've got to get used to a new system. Um, the the real weakness they had was having Thomas Party at sort of like a right back. Yeah, and so that was yeah, and that was where Forest made their hay, and they got their goal down that left hand side, and they almost got an equaliser down that left hand side as well. Um, when Gibbs White sort of got on the end of a, a cutback and put it over, but. That's the interesting one for me. I don't think I think they have to go back to White at right back, and because obviously Gabriel didn't start, so White and Saliba were the two starting centre halves. I think if they push right, White back out right, 
and then have Saliba and Gabriel in the centre. They'll do much better. But obviously, Timber looks like he's picked up a potential long-term injury, uh, which they'll have to navigate quite quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, owning Saka, like this fixture was fine. He was staying quite wide, which I'd, I'd rather him go a bit more central. But Saka is still Saka. You're not dropping him. He's still a really, really top-class player. Yeah, fantastic goal. Like him, and like his was like better than Bowen's, like similar goals, but it was just like another level. Yeah, it's just top, top class. I watched this game though, and I thought to myself, I definitely am glad I didn't go with Odegaard or Havertz. Why would you go with Havertz? 7.5, passing the Arsenal midfielder, getting forwards. His play was actually very, very good, just he wasn't shooting. Um, so yeah, because I, he's shit and he knows he won't hit the target. Point is, Odegaard, I was happy I didn't go with, despite his 8.5 price and despite 210 points last season or something. I think with Havertz there, he doesn't play as far forwards and I think still a really, really top-class player, but not really an FPL asset this season. Yeah, I mean, it could, we, that comment could easily come back to haunt you and bite you in the arse, but uh, I tend to agree with the new shape and system they're sort of playing. He isn't quite as advanced in that 10 role. Um, worth a mention for Martinelli's assist. I'm not entirely sure he meant it. I think he meant to get on the end of it himself, but the lovely little uh, double roulette falling to Eddie Nketiah. Speaking of Eddie Nketiah, is he someone that's worth keeping an eye on while Jesus is out injured? I don't think Jesus is out for that long, so I don't think it's worth bringing him in for. Um, he scored in 13 of his last 15 starts at the Emirates. Uh, I'm not good, excited. Good record. I just, just wanted to throw a stat out there. You know me, love a stat. You do. Um, a player I really do wish I could get was Martinelli. Feels like the one who got away. Feels like I could really be missing out by not having him. I but also know. feels like the one that's going to be... A rotation risk with Trossard, especially when we get into the Champions League group stages starting. You say that, though. Martinelli wasn't the one who came off when Trossard came on. Uh, it was actually uh, Nketiah. So I, I really wish I could get Martinelli on FPL. Uh, he was really, really, really good for the whole game. Super, super impressive, going forward and tracking back. Um, yeah, I feel like... He's going to get a lot of points this season, and I'm probably not going to have only for many of them, and it makes me sad. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced. I think, yeah, he had a good game, but and this is the way with Arsenal, isn't it? Those points get spread around. I know they got a load of points, all, all three of those midfielders last season, but I feel like that's just not sustainable. We'll see. Um, lineup for this week, then. I've got the same lineup as last week, but with Turner in goal. Because Crystal Palace are playing Arsenal and Nottingham Forest are playing Sheffield United. So I'm going with the Forest keeper in goal. Um, ahead of him, Asipinion Saliba, Chilwell. Then across the middle, Matoma, Saka, Richarlison, Rashford, Salah. Then up front, Jao Pedro and Haaland. I've already transferred out Mings for Emerson Royale for that first spot on my bench because I didn't want the Mings price drop and I really liked Emerson Royale. So I don't want him for this week, but next week, the week after, I can see myself starting him. Don't mind that at all. Yeah, you had to get in there with that. And Mings, as they said today, he's had a scan. It's going to be surgery. It's a long-term injury. So he, I will imagine, will be having a price drop this evening. 
Uh, so I think he's definitely made the right call there. How are you lining up? So almost the same lineup this week, almost. So Pickford in goal, I'm sticking with him because Ariola has Chelsea, although it could be a tenter because save points. But I can't. I, I'm, I'm the opposite of you, Tom. I don't back my team when they're uh, when it's like a coin toss like that because I know it will only disappoint me, uh, and I'll feel the pain twice as much. Uh, so yeah, Pickford in goal, uh, back four of White, Stupinion, Shaw, and Saliba. Midfield four of Rashford, Saka, Richarlison, and Diaz. Pedro and Haaland up top with the armband currently on Haaland. Probably stay there, but who knows? Um, then that just leaves me with my debate of what do I do with Kevin De Bruyne? Do I hold him off and try and wait till next week so I can use two transfers then? Uh, and it all depends on those. But I feel like I can sort of like a, a point one price drop on De Bruyne isn't really the end of the world because I I'm not going. I'm, I'm not really going up to anyone at that point. Unless I went up to Salah, but then I'd have to lose quite a bit elsewhere. So I am very much toying with the possibilities there. I, If Bruno does well tonight, I'd make that move and make that move early. Um, just Or even to Martinelli on the basis of a 0.1 price drop at this point in the season could be very damaging later down the line. I've already got three Arsenal. Fair enough. Not Martinelli then. Uh, <laughs> our joint team is on 76 points all out so that's doing pretty well our betting fund started really really well and then it lost really really well so we started with 50 pounds and now we are on 50 pounds i feel i feel that like that's a good weekend so do i and we took some risks and got back down to our baseline. So we've now got a little bet on Manu to win and Rashford to have a shot on target. £10 returns, £20. So you'd think that's likely to come in, but possibly not. I'd be shocked if it doesn't come in. Well, on that note, let's go and find out. Guys, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Big at the Back. Yeah, I'm at Higgins92. Tom is at Tom Madden 92 Um Enjoy the Super Cup if you'll be watching it on Wednesday night. Um, we're back again early next week. Tom, you're off to New York for the weekend, aren't you? I am, yeah. So I will try and watch football. I might go to the Black Horse on Saturday morning just to see if I can watch some of the games with some of the guys from Always Cheating. But otherwise, have a great rest of the week, everyone.